HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece has been brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Uh, it has been a while since we have done this live from here. Thanks everyone that came by, by and joined us at South by Southwest. Uh, we have a few more of those to uh, air, but it was really exciting um, for those of you who weren't paying attention to what we're doing. Congratulations to Darren, who got married to one of my best friends. It was very unique. Uh, that was just Francis Rose, who will be live in studio uh, in about 30 minutes. But right now, we have Claudia and Carrie from Cherry Bomb Magazine and the Jubilee. Welcome back to Snaggy Tunes. Hi. Thank you. I want to say be here. third year running. Yes. Yeah. We can now call us a tradition. Yeah. Like, I don't need to get nervous about writing you and, like, you might maybe say yes. We had to think about it this time. <laughs> oh. We but thought no, your audience nice would be sick of us by now. No, I mean, I think um, one of the great things of doing this now for however many times we've been doing is like you get to kind of trace the evolution through the podcast and from when it began and then even in year two year three is really kind of when things you know start to get magical uh <laughs> you would hope <laughs> yeah well i mean and well i mean certain certain givens are are gotten and then so there, it allows for other things to kind of uh, i think more nuanced in depth i don't know that we approach it like that really? I, maybe we need to start to but I feel like every year is a miracle. No nuance, no depth. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, we're going to get to the uh, the attendee and the speaker list this year, which I, I think, you know, maybe from the outsider looking at, maybe you're a little bit too close from it, but it is pretty maybe. pretty amazing. But um, Can we talk about your brother for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was, I, which I know is I the only reason to why a, you want to... I had to listen to Adele all morning and cry, knowing that he's, <laughs> he's gone from me forever. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, I know that's the only reason. I mean, the only question that you asked before the show was... <laughs> Is Darren calling in? That was not the only question I asked. I asked two other questions. What time Don't do I lie need, to the audience. What time do I need to be no, there? Is no, the bread place open? No, no. Oh my God, the bread place is not open. What's going on? Brooklyn Bread Lab. Get your SHIT together. Your website says you're open on Sundays. Carrie and I both went separately and we're both disappointed. Yes. Yes. Um, Update the website. Uh, no, I asked you, um, is it live? It is. So we could promote it to okay. our listeners and friends and family. Uh, and then I asked, uh, did you book a girl band? Because you know that's our rule. Well, I mean... And you did. <laughs> Thank you. They, they asked, like, are we only booked because we're girls? Like, no. <laughs> no. You make great music, <laughs> but there's, like, a requirement here. It's in our rider. It's, uh, yeah. Which but is great. But we're super psyched because every time we come on, we get to learn about another great band. Yeah. So. Um, and Francis Rose, while you're listening to us, go on iTunes and... Yeah. Check them out. Are you guys on iTunes? Just nod. Yes, yes. Bandcamp, everything. Yeah, cool. they're all there. Um, so for the the handful of people who are not aware of the conference by now, what is it in like you know a couple sentences? So it's the Cherry Bomb Jubilee Conference, and it's a it's a day of awesome conversation, awesome people, and awesome food that brings Cherry Bomb Magazine to life. And from when it began where it was like you know no one was really talking about women in the food industry and i think we even talked about the time magazine cover when that kind of came out and that was something that we talked about three conferences later how would you say maybe the landscape or conversation have changed if it has changed significantly at all oh yeah i think claudia's <laughs> claudia's you can't show I, grimaces I, I, I on the radio i can't really i can't see claudia because <laughs> she's sitting like right next to me and you're not supposed to move your head around I would say that it's changed significantly. I think when we launched Cherry Bomb, there was this just weird climate that, you know, there were a lot of women in food. The really famous ones were the ones on the Food Network and who were on television. The the kick-ass amazing ones, in a lot of cases, were operating, 
you know, with some fanfare, but not all the fanfare that they deserved. And we wanted to help build a community in China Spotlight on these people who we thought really deserved attention and just weren't getting it from the the not just the mainstream food media, but mainstream and indie food media, which was bizarre because women kind of run the mainstream food media. They just weren't really helping the sisterhood move forward. You don't agree? Uh, I think it's pretty even. I mean, it, I would say food and wine, yes, head by women, it's headed by women, but Bon App is pretty dude heavy. Yeah. I don't know. There, okay, maybe not at the upper level, but there are a lot of women in the food world. And, you know, look at their Instagrams. They're just Instagramming the same guys over and over again. But so we came out with Cherry Bomb. And I th- that combined with the whole gods of food thing changed the conversation very fast. I mean, it wasn't it was a lot of things adding to that. And I think a lot of people were put on notice that, you know, okay, enough with things that were just all guys that that just wasn't cool or acceptable anymore. I think things have changed a bit. I feel like <laughs> I feel like we've it's been a few steps back to be honest and you know and maybe just the world is divided into guys club and girls club and that's just the way it's going to be. I think I don't want to talk for Claudia, but I think the two of us have in a way gotten kind of bored with that conversation. Yeah. And who wants to talk about that over yeah. and over again? And I think it has it's not just in food, you know, this whole mm-hmm. conversation about, like, boys' clubs and girls' clubs. It happens in almost every industry. So I think in the sense that, you know, I think it has changed a little bit, but but I think but at moved. least now, at least now girls kind of have a platform yes. where, you know, they can... We're, like, building a little community around Cherry Bomb, which is super nice of girls. Um, and at least now they know that they can they can be in cherry bomb and there is a there is a vehicle that has their back 100 percent, and will promote them and support them and it's not we haven't made it any easier to like work in the food industry or anything but no but that is the point that that that's where we are now i think we we've gotten kind of tired of talking about the boys versus the girls and the thing now is like okay things are what they are what can we do to make a difference and there are a lot of conversations going on right now about how to have a family and have a job in food and how hard it is to be a woman with kids. Um, things like maternity leave, uh, things like fair pay. And, and I mean, you know how hard this industry is. You know, the hours are terrible. The pay is terrible. You know, New York State just passed the $15 minimum wage. Great. Um, but what, no, 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 but I mean, it's, 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 it is great, but it's, you know, it's a ways off. It's not the, it's not the answer necessarily, but what can we do to start pushing these conversations for instead of, instead of the guy versus the girl conversation, right? How can we have these conversations about, okay, what are the solutions people are coming up with to be able to have a family and have a job in these industries, in this industry? What are the solutions to paying a better wage and a living wage for your employees, things like healthcare, you know, 401ks, stuff like that. I mean, that's the next conversation. I mean, now that there is a forum for it, I mean, do you feel that the standards, you know, do you need to raise the standards for women in that sense or other people's expectations or set a standard that like everyone needs to apply to and kind of just like, you know, hold them to that? It's not just 
being a woman just like doesn't just get you into the pages of Cherry Bomb anymore. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, no, I'm, you it's know a, what I'm. It's a, yeah, it's a really, it, it's a super valid point. Um, it's no, you, you. The sad thing is, there are tons of people who are great chefs, great cooks, doing, making nice food and doing nice work, but it's kind of gotten to the point where you sort of do have to be doing something a little bit more to register. Which, I mean, do you see that as a good thing or a bad thing? I see it as a good thing. Like, a great example is uh, Agatha and Aaron from Ovenly. You know, we had them on the show on Radio Cherry Bomb the other day. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and they are really transforming their company from a kick-ass bakery to a social enterprise. And I... I think they've been one of my favorite interviews to date. I don't know about you, Claudia. Oh, yeah, they were amazing. I think it's also kind of like, um, I know this guy, this is like kind of relates, but I know this guy who was in New York for a long time, working, worked in agencies, and then he moved to Berlin, and he loves it there. And he was like, oh, you know what I love about Berlin? He's like, New York attracts the best of the best. But if you're mediocre and you move to Berlin, you're the be- you're still the best. <laughs> Wait, what? We have, we have, a, a, we have, have a, a Berliner in the there. house. That's Claudia, like, you might want to run that past <laughs> yeah. her first. You, uh... but I mean, I, I he's I, just I, saying the standard is so high in New York yeah. that anywhere else is kind of a breeze. I get it, but I but I mean, for now that you've established, I mean, I think what what you've done with the. With the festival, it's like you've established mm-hmm. that like there's a, more than enough a, a plethora of talent to fill yes. festivals, mm-hmm. magazines, articles, everything's like that. Now, do the you know the standards or the requirements or what you're looking for have what you two personally are looking for? Has that evolved from just trying to like before we were just like let's just get everyone in a room? Oh to no, be- I yeah. think we still had really good people from the start. I mean, I look at our first issue and I'm amazed at who we got in there. I, I look at our first issue, I'm like, why didn't we just hang it up after yeah. the first issue? I mean, a great example is the issue that comes out next month. It's all about California, right? And it was so painful that I had a hard time. Yeah, I had a hard time with closure on that issue because there were so many good people, and it was like you just keep adding pages, hell? can't you? Oh, <laughs> if only it were that easy. Um, but one thing I do want to go back to about the conversations now that I think are super necessary. One of the big things we're emphasizing at this year's jubilee is networking, mm. and I mean, you know, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life. It's it is all about your network, yeah, and. Last year was interesting because I went to a conference called Byte Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and there were really amazing speakers. B-Y or B-I? B-I-T-E. Okay. Amazing speakers, and all these, all these speakers are doing big, big things like changing the world, working with the United Nations, raising $100 million for their companies, like stuff at that level. And I was telling Claudia about the conference and how much I loved it, and you know, you have to come next year. And I was like, oh, wait, it was all guys. And we were like, why aren't there women doing these big, like, life-changing projects on a global scale or a national scale? And we've talked a lot about that. And when you look at the numbers of uh, the amount of venture capital that goes to women, the numbers are dismal. I think it's like 7% of all venture capital raised goes to women. Um, You know, women tend to have small businesses. They'll have one, two, three maybe they're not looking to build chains. And, and I'm speaking broadly here. I mean, obviously, there are examples like Barbara Lynch and Ashley mm-hmm. Christensen and Suzanne Gowen who are doing, you know, great big picture things. Um, but that's, an, that's another thing we're thinking about for the, 
the long term and the kind of short term. Why is that? You know, we interviewed a woman on the radio show who financed her whole her whole restaurant on her credit card because she couldn't get a bank loan. You know, those are the things we also want to talk about because it's not fair that 93% of, of, of venture capital is going to guys. Why is that? Have you thought about putting like a yellow pages in the back of the next issue? Meaning? Like, you know, you could have like all women's uh, different type of services and different businesses and they can just have like an easy reference guide for anywhere, you know, California could start with, but then kind of like build... A, like a net, like a like old school. Yeah, we're actually talking about a conference that would sort of cover that, but another conference, another conference. Yeah, yeah. another one. Um, well, we're gonna get to the conference <laughs> after the musical break, but before we do that, I just want to do: Are there any other ideas besides boys versus girls that are just kind of like we're done? Like we don't want to hear about this anymore. Like they've kind of been talked to death. Is there anything? And it could just be one from each of you. Any other topics that have been talked to death? Yeah, that are just kind of like, we get it, it's been, we've covered this, and now we want to move on to like a new conversation. Oh my God, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. Yeah, we ask tough I questions. I mean, one, <laughs> one that, <laughs> that's your tagline here at Snacky Tunes. That's definitely not our tagline. Um, I would say I'm sick of, uh, I'm sick of um, people in the media who bitch about like farm to table, and, and I don't want to know where everything comes from and all of that, and it's like... Shut up. Support your local farmers. I mean, come on. That is such a privileged position to be in, to bitch about something like that. And anytime I read a writer or whatever complain about that, I really, I am not a violent person, but (laughs) I would like to punch them in the face. Okay. I guess, I don't know. I, I mean, I have particular food, foods that I eat and don't eat. I don't eat meat. Um, but I'm a little sick of that whole thing where, you know, you go to a restaurant, like, what did people used to do? And, like, there were no gluten-free options. I don't know. Fair enough. Okay. Like, you you probably don't have celiac disease. Right. Unless you're that, like, 3% of people. Right. That you do actually have opening a can it. of worms. Yeah, that's Claudia. a can of worms, yes. Well, I'm here, like, eating, I've been eating bread all yeah, day, so I was just thinking about that. At a pizza restaurant. <laughs> um, so we're going to play a song by Odetta Hartman, um, who... Performed here live in studio last year and was absolutely incredible. Um, Jordana Rothman was the co-host on that uh, episode. Uh, And then we'll be back to speak about the Jubilee and just ask more really tough, hard-hitting questions uh, here on Snacky Tunes. Tell me I know you're trying 
the ending of that song that was like a great way to end that was the end of an episode uh so we're back with karen claudia from jubilee uh so let's talk about this year's uh conference um i know that you said that there was no magic and nuance this year but i find that very hard to believe uh given the list of chefs claudia was lying okay yeah or maybe just being humble but claudia it's really just an incredible um list of people um is there anyone i mean i could just run down the list with Aaron, of course, from Heritage, Jordana, Mimi Sheraton, um, uh, Angela from Mission Chinese, uh, this woman named Martha Stewart. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like a really amazing, uh, amazing um, grouping of, of women. Uh, you know, obviously the question is, you know, how do you choose or how do you select uh, now that you're kind of in year three? And, you know, the, you know, part one of the question would be the women. And then obviously the part two, the question of, of what you want to say. You know, I wish, I wish it was more, I, I think the problem with Jerry Bomb, <laughs> there's so many, but one of the big problems is Claudia and I have not had the luxury of time. The whole thing has just been like this runaway train and it's like vomiting, <laughs> projectile vomiting. <laughs> and, you know, we have day jobs. In some cases we have multiple day jobs. You know, I had the Yahoo thing. Claudia designs books. She designed the Kate Spade book last year and a bunch of other books and the other things she does. So it's not like we've had time to like even sit down for a few hours and have a leisurely lunch and say, what's the game plan here? Uh, I'd love to do that for next year, but but similar to the each issue of the magazine, they just kind of take on a life of their own and comes together organically. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it really depends on like who's available, who's around, you know, if they're available to come. But we did have a meeting, a brainstorming meeting in the beginning for this year's Jubilee. And we're like, what do we want the panels to be this year? Um, so, you know, we always want to do farming panel. Um, we want to do something on, you know, the hot new chefs in New York. So, um, that's kind of where it came from and then you kind of like fill the slots of people oh i mean i'm super excited about everybody to be honest yeah. you know we, i'm super excited about everybody yeah <laughs> i mean i think kat kinsman's going to be a really important one Agreed. because she's doing that that project about chefs and depression and she has her book about anxiety coming out and i think that's something we really don't talk about that much the panel that claudia mentioned the uh hot chefs in new york you know they're all young female chefs who are working at restaurants um, and they've had really phenomenal careers in very short times. Some of their restaurants are total overnight successes. And Alyssa Wagner from Dimes 
I think I think if anybody kind of sums up what this year's conference is all about, it's Alyssa. You know, she just had a baby. Dimes is now, you know, they expanded to a bigger restaurant. They have their deli. They have their takeout. Takeout. They have a catering business. And I think there are a lot of women who are trying to decide in this industry, how do I craft my own thing so mm. that I can kind of have the life I want? And Alyssa is a great example of someone doing that. She said she's going to bring the baby with her on stage, strapped to her chest. <laughs> I mean, as she should. Um, the So you want to be a farmer one. <laughs> that one kind of jumped out. And the other ones are like, yeah, this makes sense. But, you know, where, why, <laughs> or where does this fit into the conversation that you want to be having uh, at the conference? Well, I think like two decades ago, the fantasy, I don't know how old your audience is, but I understand it <laughs> yeah. is, it is the current fantasy for most. As yeah. Well. A few decades ago, you know, the fantasy was I'm going to open a bed and breakfast in Vermont. And I think today the fantasy is I want to farm. I want to be a farmer or go make cheese in Vermont or, you know, right. I'm, yeah. I need all the product, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, people say that to me all the time. Uh, about wanting to have a farm. I was actually at our farmer's market in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, and my restaurants are right across the street from it. And someone said to me, so what's next for you? Are you going to have a farm? And I was like, are you effing kidding? I was like, do you know how hard it is to be a farmer? I was like, it's not, it's not just like, oh, it's trendy. I'm going to open a farm. It's like everyone's like fantasy before you start something. It's so romantic. Like, so this, oh, let's start like, a magazine. Yeah, that'll be so cool. Is this like a cautionary tale panel? Yeah. <laughs> no, these are these are women who are really knocking it out of the park, and, and they're really different women. You've got Laura Ferreira, who is one of the top stylists in the fashion industry. She's an editor-at-large at Glamour magazine, and she and her husband bought an apple orchard and transformed it, and it's now an organic apple orchard. It's a destination. They're yeah. making beautiful their, products. Their products are in Whole Foods. I saw them the other day. Westwind Orchard. Uh, you've got Molly Culver, who works um, at the youth farm, BK Farmyards, and, and they're associated with a public school. And they, uh, my restaurant buys a lot of their produce in the summer and their flowers. And they um, are working with these public high school kids and teaching them how to farm and about all of that. She also has a seasonal florist. And that's something we don't talk about. You go to the deli and you see flowers year round and you think that's just normal, but it's mm. not. Um, who else is on the panel? Uh, um, oh, the gals Amber from Waves. Amber Waves. Well, we featured them early on. Um, they're just two girls who decided to start a farm in Amagansett. Um, and they're doing heritage grains. They're doing heritage grains. Oh, they incredible. supply a lot of restaurants in the area. Um, and they and you know a lot of these women are doing stuff to give back to the community, like educational stuff with kids. Um, so you know, it's all. I think it's going to be a good panel. It is doable. I yeah. mean, I think all of them show that they've approached the whole farming fantasy in different ways. And then the moderator is Aaron Fairbanks, our general our fear, manager our here, our fearless leader. Exactly. Fearless. And I think it'll be nice for people to hear from her I in agree. person. Um, Two more questions before we turn it over to the sisters who are patiently waiting outside. Um, there's lunch and snacks as part of the festival. This has got to be probably the highest pressure. And breakfast. And, and, a, breakfast. and a champagne reception. And champagne. With what, what food are you serving at this? We were going to announce it tomorrow. I don't know. You could we, tell. You uh, can. Okay. So Dimes is doing the breakfast. Amazing. Lunch. Oh, oh very smart. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. There's okay. a little time. Um, lunch is by Dig In. 
Have you been to Dick I In yet? Eat so there good, right? Every, it's, I mean, it's right down the street from Ace. I mean, ten dollars for grain protein and two hot veggies. It's yeah, like that's good. It's and it's so really good. good. They 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 won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who else? Snack time. We're doing something different this year. We're gonna we're pairing girls without established bakeries with girls with bakeries. <laughs> so they're gonna it's really fun. It's a no, collaboration. So they'll do something. We don't even know what they're doing yet. Give, give an example or two. Um, let's see. Just so Greg knows the level. Like yeah. four and twenty blackbirds is partnering with our friend and contributor Diana Yen, who does Jewels of New York. Mm-hmm. Yep. You might know her bunny, Cleo, yeah. the bunny. Um, Lexi Smith, who worked at El Rey and now is helping out at Cafe Henry on Christie Street with Camille Becerra, uh, is partnering with Hotbird Kitchen. Great. Justine D and Erin McKenna. Well, you know that I love oh Justine. My God. I'm just waiting for you to say her name. I can't so. wait for Justine and Erin McKenna. That's going to be You special. know that she is like, Darren and I have been in love with Justine from like when we were <laughs> like. Line. Has she been on the show? She has been on the show. Okay. Um, we keep asking her to come back and she says she's not ready yet. But by the look of her LCD sound system cake, yes. I think she's ready. I think she's gearing up yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Who's so, not in love with Justine? I don't know. It's it's a, it's a long list. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Third year, hopefully fourth year will be a tradition. <laughs> Um, Who knows if we'll be around next year? <laughs> I, I have extreme, extreme faith. Um, I know the conference is sold out, but will the content be captured, shared later? Anything, any hopes like that? Heritage is recording it. So last Thank summer, you, Heritage. Yeah, last summer <laughs> we ran the panels and stuff on our show. So Perfect. Some Radio them, yeah. Cherry Bomb. The best one was Aaron McKenna's piece about meditation. Oh, Somebody called it the 12 minutes that changed my life. Amazing. So you should look that one up. So yeah, so go into the uh, Heritage Archives and you can go find them. And then where can people follow you, get updates on the new issue, just, you know, check you two out? Instagram. Uh, Instagram, Cherry Bomb Mag. I think Twitter's the same. Facebook, it's Cherry Bomb Media or something. I'm sorry, that was my fault. Cherry changes something weird, I can't remember. (laughs) It's a weak moment. And the last question, one of your shows? Thursday. Thursday. The radio show. The radio show, Thursday at 1 p.m. Great. And uh, I'll tell Darren you said hey. All right. Tell him <laughs> I said hi. It was great seeing you. <laughs> yeah, really good seeing you. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was really, thank you for coming on. Um, Francis Rose is up live in studio next. We have a song from Psychic Twin, though. And then we'll be back with more Snacky Tunes.
It's not just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie. Have you listened to A Taste of the Past? It's a show devoted to connecting our current food world with its storied past. Host and culinary historian Linda Palaccio welcomes chefs, scientists, authors, scholars, and revolutionaries into the studio to discuss food culture and history from around the globe. Have you seen the culture of food change over the past 25, 30 years? It's been incredible. Linda covers content ranging from the history of black chefs in the White House to behavioral psychology and the evolution of Italian food in America. You can listen to A Taste of the Past anytime on HeritageRadioNetwork.org or on iTunes and Stitcher. All right, welcome back. We have Francis Rose live in studio. I'm quite curious how you got your name. Just kidding. Um, Sarah Francis and Michelle Rose, welcome to Snacky Tunes. We always love having family affairs in here. It's a sister affair. Yeah. Um, normally, my twin brother, who we've been alluding to, uh, would be calling in, but like Darren. We see, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> I already know his name. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many questions about how family ends up working together um some good some bad but you know give us like where how did this begin wow ninth grade (laughs) high school (laughs) yeah we've been playing music together um since we were little um classically trained on violin and then i started guitar when i was 14 Mm, you started cello at seven Mm -hmm. yeah and still and still playing it's still going yes is it just the two of you we have a drummer named Brandon. I meant in the fam- is that brother Brandon? Our family? Uh, yeah. No, he's no, he's not our brother. <laughs> no, it's just brother. the two of us. We're two and a half years apart. We grew up best friends, making up plays and dances and singing. So it's kind of just continuing that rhythm. I mean, how 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 like much leverage do you have over anybody else in the band? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, it's definitely a give and take. You know, it's uh, amazing working with your sibling. It's I meant like Brandon. The drummer. Oh, Brandon. Well, he's like our honorary brother. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, we're close. He has um, amazing sense of humor. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's really funny. How did you find him? Oh, my gosh. Through our friend, our photographer friend, Eric Mooney. So when you look at our site, all the images are taken by our really close friend, Eric Mooney, who's amazing. And They're he, beautiful images, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank with the, you. the tangerine, mm-hmm. the pink. Cool. So Eric introduced us to him. So, yeah. New York is like that. It's a domino effect. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Um... How did it evolve from, you know, classically trained, both your sides to picking up the guitar, from going from just, like, you know, inside your bedroom to, like, mm, we're going to, like, start making music and playing out shows and, you know, a, that type of evolution? Working with friends that are producers and then sending the songs around. Yeah, and um, a record label called Neon Gold Records. Love Neon Gold. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lizzie and Derek heard our stuff a long time ago, like in 2010 or 11. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then we signed a publishing deal and just kept going at it. <laughs> this is like a really nice rhythmic story. <laughs> yeah. Um, has the, I mean, being so entwined in family, did the sound kind of evolve from like, earlier days to like these were like early sets of songs and then like you know as you know you began you know adopted a name did the sound change over time or has it always kind of been like similar roots in the songs that you wrote together to where you are now 
We always write together, stripped back with an acoustic guitar, but we have different influences. And then so yeah. I was always really into techno. Yeah. I was really into, I was into everything from like hardcore <laughs> to like yeah. indie rock. So our influences come together and we really like this New York influence of new wave, 80s throwback, kind of that's like a very New York sound that I've always been into. But yeah, we listen to every genre. So, but it always starts basically with a acoustic guitar or a piano. And, and why does it, I mean, considering how much pop and synths are in the recording music, why does it start on the acoustic guitar? Because it's mostly about the songwriting. And I mm. think that that's the, you can really, when you start from a skeleton, you usually come out with like a better product. Yeah, if a song is good on acoustic guitar, if you bring it to the electronic production, it always usually gets more fun. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the kind of bands that hide behind all the reverb and all the electronics. So I feel like if you have a great song and it's worth putting all that stuff around it, you just have to like start with the bare minimums. That's what we're best yeah. at. It's just sitting there writing some poetry, writing some lyrics, and writing a song, and then saying, oh, this is really sticking with me, let's take this to the next level. Mm-hmm. First, like, kind of turning knobs and making sounds before there's a song. People work Everyone works differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's hear one. Sure. Cool. What are you going to play for <clears throat> us first? Uh, this song's called Lonely. Okay. Live on Tunes. Oh, 
So you made an interesting point about writing, uh, pulling from poetry, something different places, but a lot of writers pull from personal experience. Considering that you're two years apart and grew up in like a pretty rural Hudson Valley area, yes. how much of a similar past are you pulling from for your influence? We always had the same group of friends. Yeah, we have a lot of mutual best friends. Um, so, and uh, I mean, every song means something to each to the individual um, when you're writing it. But um, and we write a lot of love songs also. So yes, they are true to our lives. The lyrics are based on experiences. Do you ever write a song and one of you is like, "That's not how it happened"? I oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, of course. Can you give an example? Um, well, songs evolve. Yeah. So we put this song out called Vampire. And for it was very real to us, and I had like very specific narration. I was like, "This is when I was at that club on eleven. That you know, it's like." <laughs> um, so lyrics change. So like that song started by talking about reading by candlelight, and then it was like evolved because we needed to make it a little more contemporary and accessible. So I'd say, as lyrics change and narration changes, we kind of you know we'll be like, "Oh, but that was just weird. That but that one moment." Yeah, no, it was like this. It was like that. Oh, vampire. I guess the meaning behind it is like people when you go out at night and you see someone that you may have a past with at the club or at a restaurant. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, you're out at two in the morning or midnight having dinner. And so am I, you know, that for me, that was what it was for me. And it was it's based in- on a very specific person. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> like, so writing pop music and creating a common ground is really important so it's interesting when we have shared a lot of the same experiences and we were both there that one night when that one moment inspired us to write that lyric so yeah it's cool to have that companionship within the songwriting and love is like the universal language so if something ever feels too specific we can pull each other out of it and say not everyone can relate to that one really (laughs) it was like so it was a sunday it was 4 (laughs) p.m we were in chelsea (laughs) (laughs) um and i mean and and how do you you know, my brother and I, when we would ever get into uh, arguments over uh, our projects, they were called by our friends house meetings, uh, mm-hmm. just as like a way because it could happen anywhere, anytime. But in the same way, um, the communication style between you two and the way that you kind of, you know, people say that bands work really well because people are not as polite to each other because they oh, don't yeah. know each other thing. But um, siblings are really not polite to each other. You have uh, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you have to be cutthroat and honest and say, you know what, that sucked. Or like, let's do that again. Or like, no, I know you don't want to practice anymore, but we have to keep going right now. You know, it's like you help each other through it, especially as siblings. And there's definitely like no, we, there's no, uh, we always communicate so openly. So it's like there's nothing to worry about. We're not afraid of what the other person can think because we're It's interesting because like when you get into like the professional writing world and you're thrown into rooms of people you don't know, they're just to instantly connect with and write a great song with, it becomes interesting because people really try to maintain the vibe of this like positive vibe. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you get better material when you're with someone that you don't have to worry about the vibe. And right. you can just write a great song. Yeah. And it comes out fluidly that it's way. More, you're more honest and you can pull things apart and it's not so... And songs have we don't even expect it instead of being like let's go in a session and write together sometimes it works that way but other times it's just like oh let's have a glass of rosé and yeah we'll have writing sessions and we'll come back and we're like i really missed you i wish you were in that session man it was like <laughs> so it's interesting and there's definitely telepathy that happens when we're both writing with someone else and we do the same thing at the same time or think that and as twins i'm sure well no i mean i my that. argument about uh people like twins being Psychic or telepathic, it's like if you grow up with someone and you share so much of the same experience and you're kind of like wired and wired in the same way that like, you know, you have the same movies and references and life experiences, like you're going to think in the same way or a lot 
a lot more closer than you would with yeah, you know very a stranger. Yeah, it's an amazing strange. gift. It's yeah. like yeah. So I mean, in two Can't years, it. it's <laughs> two years, and difference is not that much. Maybe you could call them just writing sessions, just whenever it happens. Yes, instead of house meeting, yeah. instead of house meeting. Um, <laughs> can we hear another song? Yeah, yeah. this is about where we grew up in upstate. Hudson Valley. So, do you want to set, do you wanna set the set the stage of what it is to grow up in Hudson Valley? Now it's organic a thing. farms. Now it's a thing. <laughs> Removed. The produce is amazing. I'm going to move up there. I'm going to open up a farm. It's we love be Millbrook with also. Yeah. The yeah. vineyards up there. We love Beacon. We love Rhinebeck. Um, there's incredible restaurants. You have to drive. Maybe yeah, yeah an there's hour a lot of time to, to, to feel them. things. You, you're very. Oh, a lot of time to feel <laughs> things. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel upstate. like you're much more reflective and everything. It's interesting when I spend a few days upstate and you interact with these, you know, four people or the one man at the <laughs> yeah. deli who's and everyone knows everything about each other and then you come back to New York and you're just like, you know, hyper stimulated and you say I've interacted with thousands of people today. I've walked yeah. by thousands and it's just like we love the duality of having both going into the country and then um, I think it's important to like have that temperamenting grain to be really thoughtful and to really reflect but then when you get older you just have to you know how how much time do you spend in each place Mm -hmm. I live here yeah so I live in New York City we try to go up I would say once a month okay try alright so this is Upstate Upstate the song's called Upstate yeah 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 We used to make noise We used to make noise when we tied But now we're silent to the high Yeah, yeah You like to tie me You like to tie me up at night Are you a stranger to the light? Yeah, yeah, we have a date upstate Have a date of stay. 
So I know you have a few shows coming up. Um, are there any like family traditions that maybe make into like pre-show rituals? Eating Greek food. <laughs> really? Lots of Greek food. Um, also, I guess like before we we play mm-hmm. the shows, when yeah. we, like, our mom always calls us and is like, "I love you." Really? We have to talk to our mom on the phone. Like every show. And she's kind of yeah. She speaks like, in German and she says "Haus in Weinberg" to us, which means "break a leg." <laughs> Is my, is my accent okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it really means break your arm, right? It means break your neck and break your neck and drop. Yeah, I remember yeah. my Oma used to say that. She's like, "This is what it really means." Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you can never really say good luck. You have to say something like terrible. Yeah, yeah. and if it comes from your mom, that means you're probably gonna do pretty oh my, well. I played, and if it's in German. Uh, I played better. cello in a I was in, uh, in a play in a workshop at Dixon Place in January. My friend's like, "Break a string," and then I did. <laughs> yeah, and then I had a friend have to like rush over and bring me an A string off of his own cello. Yeah, it was really true. You're like, don't ever talk to me before shows again. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah, he saved the day though. Yeah, and yeah, the show went on, but it was just funny. It was very literal. Where does the <laughs> Greek food come from? We're Greek. Oh, okay. We're Greek Italian, <laughs> but German speaking. Jewish. Oh, oh, oh yeah. really? Just Mediterranean. Yeah. Okay. Feeling lots of feelings. Feeling all the feelings. Yeah. Time to have the all feelings. The time. Yeah. Yes. Time to have feelings. Um, do you cook? together love to cook i cook more than her she makes really good eggs makes <laughs> don't amazing. knock it it's hard to make eggs well i'm my, a bruncher darren is a much better cook than i but i can like on some basics i can knock him out of the park yeah. so yeah. i identify with you mac and darren cheese will call you and <laughs> sarah's incredible cook i love to cook yeah i like um i was vegetarian for five years um and i'd like to make like fresh salads a lot um we lived fruits, together for six years. Yeah. I just moved um, to Brooklyn. Now we don't live it together anymore, so I miss we don't the cook cooking. Much, I but. miss yeah. it. That's what I miss the most. Yeah. It's more special when you do it, then. You know, you get together. And I'm like the sous nice chef. Thing. I cut everything up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who does the dishes? Me. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Okay. I have friends who come over after they drink wine. <laughs> um, so where's the upcoming shows? The ones Soho that you House okay. on May 9th. Great. And then we're playing at Mercury Lounge as well. In awesome. April, so check our site for that date. Yeah. And where can people find the music? Follow you, like you, come see your show. Twitter, shows? Francis Roses, Spotify, or not Spotify for Vampire, um, SoundCloud for our new song Dangerous. Yeah, iTunes, uh, FrancisRoseMusic.com. Yeah, it's F R A N C E S R O S E. There's no I in Francis. There's an E. It's yeah. the feminine of Francis. Uh, of like course. Francis Bacon was C I S. Got it. And we're like France with an S. Uh, so we're going to get one more song in, but I want to thank Carrie and Claudia for coming on today. Yeah, um, stay me. tuned for some indefinite future of when you'll be able to hear all the wonderful panels. Uh, big shout out to Darren and I guess my fe- my now current sister-in-law who are in Tokyo. Uh, thank you for the German translation from Ornella, who is here in studio. Uh, and then hello to my parents. And then a big shout out to Jordana Rothman, who is up for three IACP awards tonight. Uh, for her taco book so we are all definitely pulling for her and hope that there's a big celebration I guess a taco party would probably be in order mm-hmm. um, a fiesta a fiesta mm-hmm. what are you going to take us out with um, this song is called End of the Night 
and it's going to be released very soon. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. <clears throat> you got a new leather jacket on. And so long, I can't see your eyes. Dance like strangers in the dark. It's been so long, I want to see your eyes. So we become completely numb We've lost ourselves inside this shell In the night, you and me Do what we like, do what we like In the night, you and me Go home together or leave separately listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.